0: These kids are telling me, hey man, you're rich, you're rich. And then I thought to myself, huh, these guys are motivated by the money that I'm making. This is when my first recruit came in. I make two quarters, 50 cents, out of every chocolate that I sell. I'm gonna offer these boys one quarter for every chocolate they sell and I'll teach them how to do what I do. I would supply the chocolates. I was a supplier. I was the employer. I was the investor. I offered them something that they were willing to accept. Back in the nineties, if you do your homework, minimum wage was probably four bucks, maybe three bucks, an hour. We can make that much money like an adult in an hour, maybe even more. What's up guys and welcome to the DNG podcast. Um, I actually just got back yesterday from Florida had a great time out there with my family. We were there from Monday to Monday. We went to Disney World and we went to a couple of different parks. We went to the beach. We stayed on Clearwater, Tampa, Florida as well. We So we were in Orlando and uh, Tampa. Anyways, uh, just got back, excited to share some information with you guys on some of these new episodes for the podcast. But here's the deal. In this video, I want to be talking about why and when I fell in love with passive income or override income. And so, you know, there's different types of income. There's a linear income. Linear income is when you are trading time for money, right? So if somebody pays you a salary or pays you an hourly wage and you want to show up and work for that money, that is called linear income. What we're talking about here is passive income. This means you do the work one time and you get paid over and over again. That is residual income. Then you've got passive income, which a lot of times people tend to put these in the same category, but they're not necessarily in the same category, but they're very similar. Passive income is getting paid off of the efforts of other people, getting paid off of other people's efforts. As a matter of fact, one of the, I think it was J. Paul Getty that once said, I would rather make 1% off of the efforts of 100 people versus 100% of my own efforts. And I think that's genius. And the reason why that's genius is because the pandemic taught us something. There's a lot of things that the pandemic taught us, but one of the things that it absolutely taught us is the fact that, hey, things happen. People can get sick. People can be out sick for two weeks, three weeks, a year, or longer, right? And so uh, having a passive income, I think, I don't think, I know for a fact, because a lot of people that I know and on social media, I saw this a lot. A lot of people are more open to looking at different ways to make money or additional streams of income, right? So anyways, that's what we're going to talk about here today. So anyways, I've got a story for you. When I was about nine or 10 years old, I used to, for the elementary school that I was at, we used to sell chocolates. They were Helen Grace chocolates that we used to sell. And I remember they used to give us this little box that had a little handle. We used to go knock on doors and sell these chocolates door to door. We used to also sell them with friends and family members and neighbors and whatnot. But nevertheless, we used to sell chocolates door-to-door. Remember, at the time, they were a dollar. I think now they're for sale anywhere from three to five bucks. Talk about inflation. So here's the deal. I'm selling these chocolates door-to-door, and I realized, wow, I'm selling a lot of these chocolates. I'm going to turn all this money into the school. School's making really good money because imagine a lot of kids are out there selling these chocolates, and people want to support these kids. So here's what happens. Uh, this thought enters my mind. So one day, we are in Linwood, California. My mom and I are driving. I remember she had a 1980 Thunderbird. Great 1980 Thunderbird. And this is in the 90s. And we're driving through um, Long Beach Boulevard and Martin Luther King. For those of you guys that are familiar, the Helen Grace Chocolate Factory was right on that corner. It's not there now. It's a little bit further uh, south. But back then, that's where it was. Right in front of Lucy's. If you guys ever saw the movie Baby Boy... Him and his girl, they go to lunch very often to the Lucy's, right? But that one was in a different city, somewhere in LA. Anyways, long story short, this is Linwood, California, Martin Luther King, Long Beach Boulevard. And I see a sign as we're going, it says 50% off fundraisers. So I asked my mom, mom, what does that mean? She says, I don't know, son. Why don't we stop by and ask? Sure. So we stop by and ask. And then they tell us, well, that means that uh, you get the chocolates half off. So you you need to buy a hundred chocolates right? Remember, we sell them for a dollar each. So you say, if you buy a hundred chocolates worth, we give you 200 chocolates. So for a hundred dollars, you get 200 chocolates. So that means that we're getting them for 50 cents. So I was not a very good reader, but I was pretty good at math ever since I was a young boy. And I said, so that means that for every chocolate I sell, I make 50 cents. So the company, excuse me, the school made 50 cents for every chocolate that I sold. I said, okay, interesting. Now here's a deal that I had with my mom back then. If I behaved good, she would give me about five bucks per week, but we never behaved good. And by the way, five bucks per week from my mom in that time was a huge sacrifice, but she found a way to make it happen. If we behaved good, I hardly ever got that money, but now I started behaving good because I wanted to save up this money and save up enough money. So what, we could go out there and buy these selling grease chocolates. So one day my mom finds that I have, I don't know, maybe 20 bucks, 25 bucks. I don't remember the exact number. She says, she asked me, why do you have, why, why'd you save your money? And I said, I saved my money because I want to buy those chocolates. I want to sell them, but not for the school, but for me. And I want to keep the money. She says, really? Okay. Come on, let's go buy those chocolates. I'll lend you borrow that money. So she was my first backer. She was my first investor. So we took the little bit of money that I saved. We went, she put the rest of the money. We give them hundred dollars. They give us 200 chocolates back. They even give us a little box that they come in. And I said, bet. I did this for the school. I got the exact same chocolates in the exact same box. And I'm selling for the exact same amount of money. So what do I do? I go knocking on doors. And I'm knocking on doors, I'm knocking on doors and I'm selling chocolates. And I give a chocolate and I get a dollar back. And every time I get a dollar back, I'm, I'm visualizing 50 cents in my piggy bank, 50 cents in my pocket, I'm profiting 50 cents. I get back to, to we used to live in some little apartments. It was three apartments, there was five apartments total in this whole place we lived in, right? We had a neighbor to the left, neighbor to the right, then a couple of neighbors here in the front. I remember my neighbor to the left, his name is Martin. And I was hanging out with these boys and I had dollars now in my pocket. We were always broke. None of us ever had any money. Now I got five bucks in my pocket, two, three, four, five bucks any given time. So these kids are like, hey man, you're rich. Keep in mind, I grew up on Alameda and 92nd. For those of you guys that know, This is Southgate, California in the 90s, Alameda 92nd. You cross the train tracks. Now there's a big wall where the train passes, but back then there wasn't a wall. It was a train tracks. You cross over to the train tracks, you're in Watts. You go to about two miles, two and a half miles to the south, you're in Compton. And if you cross the train tracks, you're in Watts. And the projects were like less than a mile away, the Watts projects. So the point is these kids are telling me, hey man, you're rich, you're rich. And then I thought to myself, huh, these guys are motivated by the money that I'm making. This is when my first recruit came in. I thought to myself, well, I make two quarters, 50 cents out of every chocolate that I sell. I'm gonna offer these boys one quarter for every chocolate they sell. And I'll teach them how to do what I do. So I offered them, I said, why not? I don't remember exactly what I, you know, the conversation I had with them, but long story short, I offered them a quarter. Before you know it, I have four or five kids knocking on doors with me. I would supply the chocolates. I was a supplier. I was the employer. I was the investor, my mom and I. So therefore, I offered them something that they were willing to accept. A quarter per every chocolate they sold. Mind you, back in the 90s, if you do your homework, minimum wage was probably four bucks, maybe three bucks. An hour. We can make that much money like an adult in an hour, maybe even more. So I had four or five kids knocking on doors selling chocolates. Then they said to me, hey man, I made two bucks. Because here's the deal. They weren't very motivated. They made two bucks. They they were done for the day, right? So it's not like they were out there knocking it out the park. They were selling a ton of chocolates. They just want to make a little bit of money so they could buy their own chocolate or buy their own candy or whatever the case may be. But this kid said, I made two bucks. I made three bucks. I made five bucks. And I remember thinking to myself, I made two bucks. I made three bucks. I made five bucks. Whatever they make is what I make. Because they got to quarter override. They got a quarter commission and I've got a quarter override. Now, is that fair? Of course that's fair. They didn't have an opportunity. They were making zero money. Their parents didn't give them any way to make money. The school certainly didn't give it. The school gave them an opportunity to make the school money. I gave them the same opportunity that the school provided for them with zero out of pocket and they're sharing in the profits with me. School didn't let you share in the profits. That'd be nice, but they didn't. Matter of fact, I think they should do that. But anyways, here's a point. They were making a quarter. I was making a quarter. Just like their boss of their parents, the boss of their parents, right? The boss of the parents invested the money, took the risk, gave the parents a ways that they were willing to take. I was a boss at that young age. And that's when I fell in love. That's when and why I fell in love with the concept of leveraged income, because I they, I got to be honest with you, then I got lazy, I didn't really start going door knocking so much because I was just supplying these guys and I was waiting for them to come back. I went a few times, I showed them how to go a few times. And then after a while, I got complacent. Then I said, huh, I don't need to go out there and knock on doors. I got these guys that are knocking on doors and I'm, now we're selling more chocolates, making more money than when I was doing it by myself. I understood the concept of leverage income. So when I was 18 years old, I got introduced to a business with a concept of leverage income and, and you know, to no surprise, I was all in, right? There was some, even some of the things, some of the things I learned, for example, I just sold things door to door. One of our neighbors was a baker. He used to make these delicious donuts for a, a donut shop, but he used to also make them here. And he saw that we used to sell door to door. So he says, hey man, do you guys wanna sell my donuts? I'm gonna let you guys try some. So he let us try some of the donuts, mind you. He had just made them in his home, in his apartment. So, and they were just, sugar-covered donuts. Sugar-covered donuts, just like the ones you get at the donut shop, but he also had some other donuts that were sugar-covered donuts with cream filling. So we sold them for 50 cents each. And we said, yeah, sure. So we used to sell chocolates, we used to sell donuts. But the cream filling donuts I thought were worth more money because they're cream filled. I remember this, this is a little side story I didn't plan on telling you, but telling you now. I'm selling donuts door to door and I'm thinking, Everybody, this guy tells us to sell them for 50 cents and everybody's obliging. Everybody's selling them for 50 cents. I'm gonna see what happens if I sell them for, you know, 75 cents for these extra ones. So he paid us, like we got a little igloo box. You know the igloos? The igloo little thing, like like a cooler. So it also, it works for keeping things cool, but it also works for keeping things warm. So we used to walk around with these schools, We used to knock on doors and asking people if they wanted to buy donuts. These are homemade donuts. They're warm, they're fresh. We had loyal customers, man. People were looking forward to us to come knock on their door and they would grab the donuts and they were hot. And sometimes they'd buy a dozen. They we'd go back and we'd fill it up again. We'd go back, right? So I started so, so he paid us about $250 for every igloo thing that we sold. It was a flat $250. As many as fit in there, you sell them all. We had to sell them all and $250. So then I started selling them for you know the, these other ones, cream-filled donuts. I was the only one selling them for 75 cents. So when I get back, I've got more money than what everybody else has, because I collected an extra quarter for these other donors. So then the, the lady, the aunt says, oh, there's more money here. I say, yeah, it's because I sold these other ones for, you know, 75 cents, a quarter more. So that quarter is mine. So give me my 250 and they give me every, the extra quarter that I sold these other ones for. And she said to me, mind you, I'm about 12 years old at this time. She says to me, oh, no, we only, you know, the deal is 50, 250. I said, I know that's the deal. The deal is also to sell them for fifty cents. I sold them for extra. That extra is mine. So she didn't want to give it to me. I said, okay, no problem. I'm gonna go tell my mom. I'll be right back. So she said, okay, okay, fine. That's fine. We'll just give you. So, anyways, I used to make instead of two fifty, you know, an extra, I don't know, $250, 3 dollars, four dollars. So I was making a lot more than these guys. I learned at an early age a skill: selling, persuading, leverage income. Now I wasn't making an override on these guys selling the donuts, but I think those are some skills that help me out tremendously. So why is leverage income so important? And here's the deal, a lot of people have a negative understanding of leverage income. They think, oh, it's a multi-level marketing. Sure, multi-level marketing companies offer leverage income, but not all multi-level, not all companies that offer leverage income are a multi-level marketing company. Let me put things into perspective. Let's take a $500 product. Let's just say that I've got something that's for sale for 500 bucks. This is a phone. I'm not saying the phone phone's cost lost more than 500 bucks now, but let's say that this product here is worth 500 bucks, and I have a business that sells this product, and I say, hey, tell you what, 500 bucks. Every one of these that you sell, you make 250 dollars. Not bad. That's a 50 percent commission. Okay, but here's what happens. Let's say that's Jay's business. 500 dollar product, 250 bucks. People are thinking that's a really good commission, 50. 50% 50% commission. If I sell one a day, that's a pretty darn good income. If I sell two a day, that's even better. Then I come by and I say, "Okay, I'm going to get the same product from the manufacturer. I'm going to sell it for the same 250, I mean for the same 500. But I'm not going to pay you 250. I'm not going to pay you 50%. I'm going to pay you 20%. I'm going to pay you 100 bucks." Now you're thinking, "Well, why the hell would I go with you?" I'm going to go with Jay. Yeah, but here's the deal though. I'm going to let you open up a company within a company. Anybody you bring on board, they make $100, but you make $100 override. So you make $100 for every sale you make. And then when they make a sale, they make $100, but you make a $100 override. And if they bring somebody on board, you make $50. That's still the same $250. See, it's $100 from you, your sales. Anybody you introduce is $100. That's $200. If they bring somebody else, that's $50 override. That's $250. Same $250 is paid on the exact same product for the exact same amount of money. But let me put things into perspective. And I've got some notes here. $500 product. Let's say, for example, you sell five per month. Excuse me, 10 per month. 10 per month at $250 commission, that'd be 2,500 bucks. If you work for Jay's company, that pays 50% commission. 10 of them per month at 250, you're at 2,500. Okay, 2,500 bucks. Okay. With me, the exact same thing, you would make a thousand. Why the heck would you make a thousand instead of fifteen hundred? Because I sell you a bigger vision. Yeah, that's only you. But what if you get sick? What if you get the coronavirus, the cerveza virus, and you're out for three weeks, four weeks? What happens to your income? It's gone. There's no security. There's no leverage. There's no security because there's no leverage. But what if I teach you how to hire, how to recruit? and train a couple of folks. So what if you introduce five people? You post some ads, you bring them on board, you interview them, you show them the opportunity, you train them, you say, I'll go out there and show you how to sell these. I sell 10, I'm gonna show you how to sell 10, right? And you do your thing. So what if you got five guys that do like you? They sell 10. They're making $1,000, right? So they're making 1000 because they're making $100 per each one. You're making an extra thousand as well, but you got five guys. You're making a thousand each. You're making five thousand dollars a month because you have five guys do what you know how to do. So you're making a thousand on your sale, plus each one of these guys you showed them how to make a thousand. Let's say it's ten sales a week. You showed them how to make a, a thousand a week, right? You're at five thousand a week. Because remember, they make a hundred, you make a hundred. Now let's duplicate it one more time. Remember, it's one hundred on you for you, hundred for them and 50 from anybody they bring on board. So what if these five that you brought on board, you're overriding them on a hundred bucks every sale they make. So if they make 10 sales a week, each one, you're making a thousand, a hundred times 10 is a thousand, but you got five on this, that's 5,000. What if they bring five, those five, see, here's the deal. If you know how to sell 10, you can show them how to sell 10. If you, if you, if you are able to build a team of five, you can show them how to build a team of five. Not only that, people will do when you see. See, this business works. This business model works when you know how to sell the vision. We don't, know, we don't only sell products, but we know how to sell the vision. So anyways, those five, introduce five, 25 people. They all do the same thing. Your are 25 people making those 10 sales. In this scenario, that would be $12,500 on that level three. So you've got $12,500 from level three from the $50 overrides. from the $100 overrides and $1,000 from your overrides. That's $18,500 in commissions. Keep in mind, it's the same $500 product. It is the exact same $250 commission. But instead of paying it to one person for their efforts, you pay them. In this example, what I would do is I would pay them less, but give them the opportunity to have their own small company within my company. That is how leverage income works. I'll give you some perfect examples. Let me tell you about a billion dollar company. The fastest growing real estate company in the history of real estate in the world has this model. It's called eXp Realty. It's a billion dollar company. There's guys that I know that are worth over $200 million because they went public with them. They earned, as a part of their comp plan, they said, we're going to pay you override income we're going to help, you know, you're going to have all this and you're also going to earn stock options. I know a guy that's worth over $200 million and makes a quarter million dollars a month, passive income, passive income. When I met him in 2014, he was a real estate agent for Keller Williams. He and his wife, they were making a quarter million dollars per year combined per year selling real estate as realtors, pretty good income. But here's the deal. Now he's making that per month without selling real estate because- EXP Realty says, look, we're going to pay you an 80% commission. Somebody like him, he could have got 90%, 95%, even 100% commission at some re- uh, real estate offices. The real estate office that pay you 100% commission, they just charge you like a $250, $350, $500 transaction fee per deal. So you keep all of it, just pay as a transaction fee. He could have got a 90 to 100% split, but he gave away the 90 to to, to, to 100% split for an 80% split. Because out of the company's 20%, he keeps 80, company keeps 20, out of their 20, half of it, they pay in seven levels deep. So he says, hey man, I'm gonna take the initial pay cut, but I'm gonna introduce other people that are gonna like this business model. Not everybody's gonna like it. So guess, long story short, $200 million right now in stock. Quarter million dollars a month, whether he sells real estate or not, because of the his company is, is paying them. He didn't put up the money to put it started. Oh, by the way, he does have an overhead. There's a catch. Yes, there is a catch. He pays $89 a month for his back office. So he makes a quarter million dollars a month, but he's got an over- overhead of less than hundred bucks, $89 to be exact. Another example, that right there was a the fastest growing real estate company in the world. Guess what? The fastest growing solar company in the world copied that model, power energy. I happen to be the number one recruiter and the number one salesperson in the entire company with a fast growing team. What a coincidence. You've got traditional solar companies pale in comparison in growth, in checks to power. Real estate companies pale in comparison in growth and in checks to EXP. What do they have in common? Leverage income. So here's the deal, my friends. The name of the game for sustainability and for freedom, money freedom, location freedom, time freedom, it's very, very hard to get those things if you do not have leverage income. Now, I'm not suggesting that you come and work for the company I work for, or you come in or build a business with our company or build a business with eXp. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm simply telling you, maybe somebody that's watching this, you are a business owner and you're paying people the traditional way might want to consider giving them an option to earn leverage income, to own a piece of the company or something because comp plan drives behavior, right? So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and these stories that I gave you today. These are some stories that are near and dear to my heart when I was door knocking at 10 years old selling chocolates. Hope you guys got some value from this. And with that being said, I'll see you guys at the top, or from the top. See you on the next episode.